Liverpool Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. How are you, friend? Thanks so much for joining us here on the Paul Leslie Hour. This time around, I have an interview from the archives. This was my first ever conversation with a music manager. The show's guest is Mike Davis. He's the general manager for Peter Mayer. Peter Mayer is the frontman for the Peter Mayer Group and Jimmy Buffett's lead guitarist for, gosh, it's been 30 years now. Mike Davis shined some light on what goes on behind the scenes with Peter Mayer and his record label. Peter Mayer is the head of an independent record label called Little Flock Music. I think this is interesting. The interview was done more than 11 years ago. I believe this would have been 2008. And I interviewed everyone on the Little Flock Music label. Peter Mayer, Jim Mayer, R. Scott Bryan, and so on and so forth. The only person at that point I hadn't interviewed was Roger Guth. But of all of the guests in this Little Flock series, if you want to call it a series, the interview that received the most response was the interview with Mike Davis. I thought that was interesting. Here is the Mike Davis interview on the Paul Leslie Hour. Let me know what you think. We've been interviewing artists on the Little Flock music label and many of the artists related to Mr. Peter Mayer in our extended series on all things Little Flock. For the first time ever, we're welcoming a music manager. And it's our pleasure to welcome Mr. Mike Davis, General Manager of Peter Mayer. So thank you for being here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having us. How did you get started with music management? Was Peter Mayer the first artist that you ever represented? Yes, actually, it was uh, kind of coincidental. We became friends in the early 90s, and uh, he was looking for someone to assist with some of the business side of the uh, the Little Flock uh, organization. Since I'd been in business for myself for a number of years, we sat down and talked about some contractual issues and some things he was facing at the time. And one thing led to another, and we've had a relationship ever since probably close to 15 years now. 15 years. And how did you come to meet Peter Mayer? Well, to be honest with you, I met Pete at a, at a gig at Eddie's Attic. Uh, Scott Nickerson, a mutual friend of his and mine, uh, introduced us. And I later went down and saw him play in, in a gig in Florida. It was at the infancy of trying to do musician websites. And Pete had asked me if we'd be interested in doing some stuff because we had developed some websites for other parts of our business. And so we developed the first PeterMayer.com site, which snowballed into the Roger Guth site, the Jim Mayer site, all the rest of them as, as time went on. What did you think when you first met Peter Mayer? Very accessible, very nice guy, uh, just down to earth. It, we, immediately likable, not what you typically uh, epitomize as a rock star, but would do anything for you. And I don't, I don't have enough words to describe how, how nice a guy he really is. That seems to be a common theme on this series. Everyone has very nice things to say about Peter, and it is because he's such such a wonderful and sweet person. Mm-hmm. What did you think about his music? Um, the first album I became familiar with was Green Eyed Radio and absolutely loved it. He was actually uh, touring at the time we met, and uh, his brother wasn't playing for him. Jim had taken a, a sabbatical, and he was uh, touring with a different bass player. But Jim had produced that album. It just really enjoyed it. In fact, it's still one of my favorites of all the, all the stuff he's done and the things that I've actually worked with him together to produce. So. As I'm sure you've heard, it's kind of a cross between James Taylor's Sting and a lot of stuff, but some very unique things of his own that really uh, are enjoyable to listen to. 
and as general manager, just so the listeners can know what kind of stuff goes on behind the scenes. What I typically do for Pete, and I've got a great staff that works with us, Terry Letter, who's in charge of uh, distribution up in uh, Washington area, Virginia. C.J. Sutherland, who does a lot of the creative artwork for but not only the web, but uh, also the uh, the album covers. The last uh, two or three, we've been we've done the layout and, and, and all the fact checking and just the general artwork, photography and those types of things. Basically, what, what I handle for Pete is a lot of the business aspects, non-musical portion. He, of course, he's dealing with uh, the production work, the recording, the songwriting, and all of that stuff. I don't get involved in any of that. Uh, what I deal with is you know, contractual issues, product placement issues, how things get distributed, where they go, the chain of, of purchasing the music, which is constantly changing at this point. And then just other things that may come up related to business contracts that uh, he wants just another pair of eyes to look at to see what, what do they think. So it's it's more of a friendship review, just a kind of a checks and balance thing to see if what he's thinking about doing related to the business, some other people who've had some experience outside of the music industry would agree that that's the direction or not. So we have a pretty honest relationship. I tell him what I think, and then he makes a decision and we go on. And no hard feelings if he didn't go the way I think. And this way, it really does a really provides a good checks and balance for the, the overall organization. Sounds like a good relationship. It has been. He's been a, not only a, a, a fun guy to, to work with, but you know, one of, he's one of my closest friends. So it's, it's great to work with people you really like and uh, who can be very honest up front with them. And you don't, you don't have to worry about there's going to be a problem or anything like that. It's just you, you tell him the way you think, and that's what he wants. You mentioned a little while ago Terry Letterer, and I have to give her a shout out because she's been a very big supporter of this program. It's been very wonderful to do this series because there's a lot of artists on Little Flock other than Peter Mayer. Peter Mayer is certainly very talented, but the great thing is there's all these artists and they each have their own particular styling. It's wonderful music. So I was wondering about some of the other people on the Little Flock label. The Little Flock label is kind of interesting because Pete was on multiple labels prior to, to starting his own, and the the industry changed and continues to change, as you guys are quite aware, and decided to, to roll out a business of his own. And it worked for him, and that's when Brother Jim said, hey, what do you think about me joining it? His first album was on the label, and then uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's Mailboat Records picked him up, and I think his second album is on Jimmy's label too. And then Roger had one that was actually going to be on the Margaritaville label, and then Margaritaville Records went away. So he, he said, Pete, how about marketing that for me? And it's just been successful going that, that rack. So it's been a lot of the people who've been performers with Pete or actual co-songwriters and all that. And once they join, they typically don't leave. So it's, it's a good deal for them. Pete structured a plan that rewards them as far as compensation better than they can probably get anyplace else. And we had good artists that, that you know make the label more viable and, uh, and are able to get the music out. You mentioned a second ago Roger Guth, mm-hmm. and that is a songwriter that writes some incredible songs. A lot of his songs really make me think about things. Yeah, Roger's that way. Roger and Pete, of course, and Jim go way back to the PM days, and, and Pete often, and he probably told you that it's, Roger's one of his favorite co-writers to sit out with. Uh, Roger has a different slant on things, as you've seen from probably some of his own solo albums. Uh, great sense of humor, humor kind of quiet, but uh, a really cool guy. You were talking about some of the technical aspects, for example, the Little Flock website, designing album covers, and it comes kind of from your background to an extent. My real job, if you will, is uh, we have a company that's been around 38 years that provides information display systems for all sorts of industries, graphics, creative. If you fly 
through Hartsfield Atlanta Airport, you've seen our products. We collect all the airport flight information and display it to passengers. And the company is does that for aviation, bus, rail, any place that you're trying to get people through facilities non-interactively. And a website, there's a little bit more interactive, which CJ is is capable of doing. But the basic design concepts are the same. And all the, all the websites are hosted out of our server farm here. So uh, we've got access to not only the, the software engineering to behind it, but also the hardware in case we run into problems. So if someone is in an airport, somehow Infex is playing a part in their experience. Right. Yeah, we're in about 60% of the, the airports around the country. Like the Atlanta airport. Yes, sir. We just finished that one up, actually. So, so kind of keeping with the topic of technology, one of the things that relates to Peter Mayer that you've done, you've done a bit of work with Radio Margaritaville. And that was actually the first station to ever broadcast our program. It's an interesting blend of art and technology. That's right. Back when Coleman Sisson and, and I guess Steve Huntington started it for Jimmy, they were strictly an internet streaming radio project, and they had come up with ways to stream some of the real-time concerts from some of Jimmy's shows. We were experimenting with doing similar things. Uh, Steve has always been a great supporter, and Coleman too, of, of Pete's music, so we uh, actually broadcast some of the Stars and Promises, the original Stars and Promises shows uh, live from some of the locations uh, around the country. Some of the other gigs, uh, one of the first ones that was kind of an interesting one uh, that Steve and I worked on, we broadcast uh, a gig from the Duck Room, which is in St. Louis, uh, Chuck Berry's place. And uh, Steve had asked me about not only streaming the music, but also coming up with a means to show real-time photography at the same time. This was pre streaming video. And so what we did was actually my son Brian and I went to the Duck Room, used the Comrexes, which is the technology they were using back then to stream the audio. We took pictures and wrote uh, code to broadcast it and shift it up to an FTP server so you could log to Pete's website, hear the, the uh, concert real time, and then see static images that changed about every 10 seconds of, of different performers while they were doing it. And later, Steve and Coleman took similar concepts and ran it out to Jimmy and then later became uh, some streaming video. So it's it's been kind of fun to, to work with those guys. You're certainly a busy guy. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, not just these these technical projects with your company Infex and being the general manager of Peter Mayer. What about downtime? Oh, well, there's, uh, there's some of it. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, uh, I uh, purchased a, a cabin up in the North Georgia mountains and uh, go up there on the weekends when, when I'm in town and uh, go kayaking and, and hiking. It's a, it's a great area of Georgia. It's uh, uh, gets a nice change of seasons and it's kind of halfway between Nashville and, and Atlanta, so a lot of times the guys will come down and use it as a songwriting retreat and hang out and go fly fishing. Roger's a huge fly fisherman, so he's he comes by and grabs a glass of wine and hits the, the, the trout stream again. So Sounds like fun. Yeah. Out of uh, all of the little flock artists, not just Peter, tell us about some of your favorite songs. Of Pete's? Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, there's a number of them of Peter's. Uh, Roger's Last album, um, he wrote a song called "My Chair," which is one of my my personal favorites. It's uh, it's and then um, the most recently uh, most recently I worked with Pete on uh, the Still album, and he's he and Roger have a couple co writing tunes that are really good. Um, the names I I always forget the names of them without the album in front of me, but uh, uh, 
uh, I, I do enjoy their co-writing quite a bit. Uh, there's also one that uh, he and Mac wrote on there that's just phenomenal, too. So, of course, this Christmas from the original Stars and Promises that Mac wrote the, the closing verse on, it was it was just a wonderful tune. And it's one of my favorite of all of his Christmas stuff. It's It's probably my personal favorite. A lot of great songs to choose from, that's for sure. Before I forget... I have a very important question for you, Mr. Davis. What is your all-time favorite meal? Favorite meal? Holy smoke. Oh, man. Uh, well, it'd probably have to be – you mean type of food or actual what I like to eat? Like if you had that one meal and you uh, someone said, hey, I'm going to give you the best meal you've ever had. Just tell me what it is, and they make it just how you like it. Mm. What's your meal? Well, I'm kind of partial to Italian, so I'd say uh, some some really good Italian pasta, good glass of Chianti. Uh, usually, uh, the pasta with some really good seafood, either salmon or or tilapia, something like that. So salmon, yeah, that sounds good right now. Yeah. And Pete'll like it because it's healthy. So he's a yeah. veggie guy. So you know he'll be glad to know that I'm eating properly these days. Before we go, the wonderful thing about technology is that this program has the ability to go out all over the world. So my last question to you, what would you, Mike Davis, like to say to the world? Hmm. Wow. Well, first of all, for all the guys and girls that support Little Flock and the, and the musicians that we've got, thanks, because uh, we get a lot of great emails from people, and it's amazing to see how much the Internet has improved. You know, Thanks to everybody who buys the music, listens to the music, and, and supports us, because we really do appreciate that. Well, thank you very much for making the time to do this interview, and thanks to all of our artists that have been on the Little Flock label and everyone out there for listening. It was a pleasure speaking to you, and thank you for making the time to do this interview. No problem. Thanks again for stopping by. My pleasure. Zip, bip, bibbidi bop, boobity zing, dang, bon, chee, chee, zing, ba, bang, do, coo, chee, atzikili, matzika, wah, you should get gone, go, 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 It'll as a good plan, do 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 do